This is a Four Sevens Network podcast. Foursevens.com. The Sniffer. Nora, hold on. What? Wait, we're still on the train. <laughs> This just reminds me of, you know, when shows get ready to jump the shark. You know, like when the Brady Bunch goes to Hawaii or whatever. It's like, <laughs> Kathy and Nora get up to wacky hijinks on the train. Okay, we'll be very serious. Which story would you like to cover, Nora? I'll hold it. Oh, here goes the kid. <laughs> okay, which... What would you think? Do you want to talk about Metaverse? I do want to talk about Metaverse. I was reading an article in MIT's Technology Review called Second Earth, which was basically about the 3D internet and about the idea that, I mean, they were using the example of Second Life meets Google Earth, and they didn't necessarily mean that literally. What they meant was the internet would evolve into something where you have an avatar and you navigate what one person calls web places rather than websites. But you also combine it with these sort of mirrored mapping worlds, such as Google Earth or Microsoft's whatever their Earth thing is, right? So the idea would be that it becomes really a virtual world, not just in the Second Life sense of this fantasy graphical thing, but a virtual version of a real place. And they used, in the context of this article, they used the term metaverse, which is taken from Neil Stevenson's uh, novel Snow Crash. But I keep hearing people use that term, metaverse. It's like it's suddenly bubbling up and getting ready to replace internet. And, you know, and, and sort of seemed, seemed like people were going to say 3D internet for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, it's. I'm sure that metaverse is going to take off. Just like yes. in the way that William Gibson's cyberspace was so much of a model for the way things actually ended up developing. No, because I've been reading about that too. People, yeah, they just talk about the jump to 3D. They're saying, like, if you imagine back and say, 19, early 90s, 94, when people would have their CompuServe or their AOL account and they would never step out into the internet proper. They're using that as sort of um, an analogy for what it'll be like. And it's hard to imagine though now what how it will work in terms of i guess you know in second life i have um, babe lilyhook as you know who's my avatar but now rather than just being contained within second life babe will be able to go everywhere and she'll be able to represent me i wish i could remember the name of the woman who was talking about this but she was saying like how limited right now second life is in that if you go to say someplace on Info Island and they only provide you with a URL you have to step in order to go to that URL you shatter that wall of being in in world and then in order to go so like why even bother going to Second Life to get a URL when you're gonna have to leave Second Life in order to actually go and visit it but I, I agree with you. Like, I think it's going to be terrific, and I think it's going to really change the way that we live. But, well, you know, it makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, humans are oriented around having a sense of place. When I first came across that, that idea of the 3D Internet uh, was when I was reading it in Susan Wu's blog. Uh, nothing for me, thanks. Nothing for me, thanks. No, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, but, you know, when I think about it... Yeah, no, sorry, let me just say, because when she was first talking about the idea of web places rather than websites... I like that. The penny just really dropped for me because humans really are hardwired to have that sense of geography and place and 
It also just seems like such a more intuitive way of getting information by exploring things in a physical way. No, I mean, I'm not really physical, it's virtually physical, rather than looking up information. I thought that was totally fascinating, and it was, I could completely see that happening. But what I can see is, like, it's right back to my idea of us just basically being pods that have food and water shoved into us and that we exist in this virtual landscape I can I'm telling you Nora I am predicting this I've been seeing this coming since uh, virtual reality and this just seems to me it's going to be the perfect way because you can just completely jack into that world I love the matrix it is the matrix it is it is it's absolutely the matrix and I think it's going to come sooner than we think but the thing that's going to be neat about it is is the one thing that I do see because I saw it when we were at the conference is there's I find there's a real lack of community that exists in the real world now. It seems that we live such a, you know, I know I'm always bitching about the culture of acquisition and this is all anybody does is shop and then they buy. But I see online real senses of community, like in Second Life, like some terrific things that are happening. And then maybe people will come out of the 3D immersive environment and then get together like we did at PAB. But you can really see how podcasters across borders is kind of a model for these communities that exist both in the real world and, I mean, really, when you're talking to a room full of people and the people are listening, but they're also blogging and they're posting the things to Flickr and they're, you know, now we're going to post this podcast, which is talking about the things we experienced in the real world. It's almost like they're not even parallel. It's, it, it is going away from that idea of like, okay, there's the online world and then there's the real world. It's more, and especially as things go more and more mobile, mm-hmm. it's into this sense where it's like over layered of there's the online world which overlays the real world in some sense and which supports it and is not totally separate from it. Golly, that's profound, Nora. <laughs> See, as soon as she chastised me at the beginning, so we have to be serious and not wacky with jumping the shark. <laughs> See how quickly we got into this? No, but I find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's what's going to happen. I do. And in order to help you balance it, I have the tool for the snappy. Are you finished with that? Yes. <laughs> well, no, I, I, you were being, she's a very profound face on it. You don't want to interfere with the profound face. <laughs> well, no, this is actually... Can you tell we're not using our own separate mics? We're just going back and forth. Yeah. God, we hope it works. <laughs> but um, I, this is just something really, really quick that I saw online, and it's something that's called life balance. And what it is is you hear so many people now are using life coaches. You know, you got coaches, well, for for work, for life. How do you organize your life? Not, you know, that you're a complete nutter that needs to go to the therapist, but, you know, you just sort of need a little bit of help. Well, now they're helping people do this. So rather than, like, there's, I guess, right now, presently, you can have a life coach that you see in real time. You can have a life coach that you talk to on the phone. Well, now you can get this life coach software. You would plug in all of, let's say, you know, your long-term goals, your dream goals, the things that you maybe want to achieve in your relationships or with your family or whatever, and then some of the more mundane things. And then it would, it charts out a list for you on how to attain these. It's not like a total daytimer, but it will also come back and give you feedback. Oh, Kathy, have you worked on your book? No, I haven't. Bye, Kathy. No. (laughs) But it's, I don't know, what do you think about it? And it also provides a pie chart on your success rates. Uh, Well, that sounds a little bit more, like at first I thought, this seems just like a kind of time management thing, but this seems more uh, 
involved in that. I, uh, I must say, I see a life coach. We do it over the phone. Uh, and I would have described myself as the last person in the world ever to see a life coach. But it's been incredibly helpful to me. So at the level of time management and keeping track of your goals and stuff like that, so the software makes complete sense. And in many ways, I think, really, whatever system you just commit to using and use faithfully, as long as you're using it, really using it, then they're going to be effective. But the thing about a, a life coach, really, who's, who's good, the way Elisa Garber, my coach, is good, is it's a lot more about really helping you understand the things that are getting in the way of your getting what you want. I mean, it's not analysis, but there is a component to it. To, it's not just, did you do this thing that I told you to do? It's about yeah. tapping into your you know, strengths and working on the areas that you're not strong at and so on. Well, yeah, because the thing that I wonder is, is that if you're going in to speak to somebody in person or if you're on the phone and if they know you, they can tell by the tone of your voice how you're feeling about something. And I wonder, maybe as computers become more intuitive with voice recognition software, they go, oh, Kathy, you sound irritated. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I think you're lying when you said you worked on your novel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's not the sort of thing that I would race out and necessarily buy. Actually, you know what? We'll put this under the things that Kathy and Nora say that they're going to do and don't do. But they do have a beta thing that you can try out for 30 days. Where, where do you find that? Well, we'll line. put it on the blog. Yeah, we'll put it on the blog. I think we're on too long now, aren't we? Yes, we are. Bye. Bye. Visit us at the blog for links to these stories and more. 47s.com slash the snipper or check us out on Facebook. Be our friend. Be our friend. <laughs> <laughs>